Welcome, welcome. Glad that you're here, everyone. I, I hope this sweater puts you in the Christmas spirit. Uh, there's some other fabulous sweaters around here, and so maybe if you're tuning in from online at home, I'm going to encourage you to go to your closet, get your Christmas sweater so you don't feel left out. Some folks in here are trying to say, listen, that I didn't tell you. I told you last week, and um, I'm, I'm letting you know, we try to do the app notifications, so did you all get one today? Because we sent one out this morning, so if you didn't get one, it's probably because you don't have notifications on for Element City Church. So, there's my little public plug for you to turn that on, because we try to communicate that way, so it's a great way. I love the, the light-up sweater over here. It's like a dark corner, but it's all lit up at Christmas. I love it. Uh, it's fabulous. Uh, Dave, where's your sweater? Stand up there. Yeah, water into wine. Uh, yeah, I love that one. It's a, it's a great one. So uh, you'll get to mingle and see some of the sweater options uh, around here uh, afterwards. Remember tonight we're doing cookies and cocoa in the courtyard. If you're still at home, you've got uh, 60 minutes to get here. Uh, and so you can watch on your phone on the way here. Just make sure you pay attention to the road. Um, but we'd love to have you party with us a little bit uh, afterwards. For about 30 minutes or so, we're still going to have a group go to dinner. And so you're welcome to join us for that. But we're thrilled to have you here. If you happen to be new, I met a couple of you already. Uh, we'd love a couple different things. Just to invite you to download our app. It's free. Just go to your app store, type in Element City Church. You could download that. And we'd love to have you fill out a connection card. It's our way of kind of connecting with you digitally. And then we can try to walk with you over the next uh, couple weeks. I promise we won't spam you. But you could do that either through the app, fill out the connection card, or you just text the word hello to our text number. It's actually our phone number, which is 520-340-6868. Text the word hello to that. I have a couple quick texts. We're connected, walking with you, so we're thrilled to have you here. So uh, a couple things just to let you know about. Um, let's see, we are, I needed to look at my app. Let's just pause for an awkward moment of silence um, because I meant to have this open so that I would not forget what I was supposed to say. Okay, now it's less awkward. Uh, okay, uh, tonight we're doing that, um, and uh, we're shooting a video that we'd love to have you participate in. Um, so whether maybe 10 to 20 of you, here's the question. Describe Element City Church in three words, okay? Three words that capture the church meaning and, and what it means to you, or 30-second story. Now, I know some of you have the gift of gab, and that is awesome. I do too. Um, but 30 seconds, like a 30-second story, because here's where we're going with this. We're going to show some of this out on social media over the next few months, but we're also getting ready to celebrate our 10-year anniversary, January 8th. And that is a big, big deal, folks. So... We're trying to capture some stories. Some of you have been coming, like this is your first week, and that's awesome. Some of you have been coming for like a couple of years. Some of you for the last 10 years, you've been a part of the journey from the very get-go as we launched. And so we'd love to just capture some of those stories. So during the Cookies and Cocoa in the Courtyard, that's a lot of C's, uh, we're also going to be filming, um, and the door will be open in the office when it's ready for the next person. They'll close it, film, and then bring that. And we'll just we'd love to have a few of you be a part of that. Make sense? Perfect. Confusing enough? Awesome. So stick around for that. Uh, we'd love to celebrate. We're also giving away a prize for our kids who have been in a drawing, inviting friends over the last month and a half. And tonight we're giving away the inflatable rental that, uh, that the winner of that prize is going to get. So we're going to announce that during, uh, in the courtyard. So thrilled to have you here. Everybody take a deep breath. Whew. 
Maybe you've been running. Maybe you have a lot of things to run into the next couple of weeks. Um, but you're here right now. And so I'm just going to invite all of us uh, to lean into God's presence. So whether you're at home or whether you're here, I'm going to invite you here to stand up. We're going to pray for the church of the week. We do this every week. Uh, there's a million plus people in, in the southern Arizona that aren't connected into any faith community. And so tonight we're praying for Desert Hope Lutheran and Pastor Kent and their team there. Uh, and so we're going to ask God to bless them, bless our time, and then we're going to dive into worship, look into God's word a little bit, have an end of worship song, and then we're going to hang out and have some fun. Sound good? All right, so Father, uh, we pray for Desert Hope Lutheran and uh, Pastor Kent and his team. Uh, God, we ask that you'd bless them, that you'd continue to, to fund and resource, that you'd provide uh, the leadership that's needed, that you would work in and through that church to minister to the people that they're reaching, the people that they're looking to reach, right there in the region of the city that they are. We're asking for your presence to be uh, vibrant and, 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 and just validate faith tonight in people. God, whether we have been walking with you for a long time, we need a fresh word from you. God, whether we're trying to just aim our life back in your direction, I just pray for a fresh wind of your spirit to meet us. So God, as we worship you, as we lean into this Christmas season that is all about you, Jesus, I ask that you just refresh our hearts tonight as we look into you as the light of the world who came to shine out into our darkness, to the darkness, to show us the way. I pray that you'd uh, just minister and meet us here in these next few moments. We'd leave here not only with dessert first, that's awesome, but we'd leave here just a blessed people because we've met with you. We pray in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen.
Christ whose birth the angels sing. Come adore on bended knee, Christ the Lord, the The glories of 
reconciled. Joyful longing nations rise, join the triumph of the skies. With angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Thank you, Jesus, that uh, we just at this time of year, we can stop and remember 
the fact that you are Emmanuel, that you are God with us, that you looked upon the earth and you saw our plight and you saw that we had just made a mess of so many things and you didn't stay distant, you didn't stay afar, uh, yet you clothed yourself with flesh. You lowered ourselves to our level to become humanity, to live the life that we could never live, to pay a penalty that we could never pay so that we could once again have a relationship with the Father. That's why we worship. That's why we sing these songs to remember that you came to earth to be God with us. And you didn't leave us alone. You sent us the promise and you fulfilled the promise of, of your Holy Spirit being with us. And so for those of us who are here tonight, who might be feeling isolated, who might be feeling distant from you, would you awaken our hearts to the reality that you are here with us? That even today, you're still God with us. And so Jesus, would your presence be felt tonight by all in this place? Would you awaken our hearts to your glory? Would you open our eyes to see wonderful things in your word? And would you anoint Jack as he comes to speak, Lord? May his words be words that bring us life, that bring us comfort, that bring us challenge, that lead us past the point of conviction, but give us the courage to bring about the change that we need in our lives. And so we pray all of these things in your precious and your holy name. Everyone said, amen. Well, it's good to worship together, to lean into God's presence. We're going to look into His Word. Uh, whether you're at home, uh, you can take your Bibles and go to John chapter 8. If you're here, if you want to open up the church app, you can scroll down to sermon notes and you can follow along with me. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we were picking Callista up from one of uh, the dances, what the winter formal uh, that she went to, and we're, we're driving back from uh, Tucson Community Center, and, 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 and one of the, the cars in front of us doesn't have its headlights on. It's like 10.30 at night. Anyone ever seen someone driving without their headlights and had that, that feeling? You know that feeling you have when you watch American Idol and you're like, oh, no, someone told you you could sing and you can't. And like, you're, like you're embarrassed for them and you're, like, you're trying to, like there's an empathy in you that wants to help. And then everyone ever felt that like when you see someone who's driving without headlights, you're like, oh, oh, no. Um, like I, you need headlights. Why? Why do we want them to have headlights? Because we need them to see, right? How many of you have been camping before? Okay. Uh, some of you like glamping, you know, in a, no, no, like you're camping, however you do it, you're out there, maybe it's late at night and it's dark because it's just the stars maybe lighting your way, maybe the camper or something or a lantern that you might have, but when you light a fire, there, there's something about the fire that kind of lights up the whole area around and just makes it better. It, how many of you can get lost just watching a fire for a while? It's just so, I don't know what it is, but you can kind of get wrapped up in looking into the light and kind of surrounding it. Uh, we have a, a night light at the top of our stairs because um, uh, someone who lives at the house, uh, I won't mention names, uh, has stubbed their toe several times when that night light is not lit and, and he comes around the, oh, that's me. Uh, okay, like comes around the corner uh, and like y you need the light to be able to see. Every morning, uh, I'm up before sunrise, and now it's dark out, and I, I wear this headlamp uh, 
because when I'm going for my morning walk, I want to be able to see. And it's not a ton of light, uh, and it's a little bit, and this can actually creep you out. Um, but um, I wear it because I want to be able to see, and I want to make sure like there's not rabid coyote or something uh, around me. And, and there's something about light that we just need. Like, we just intrinsically, internally know that, like, it's better when we have it. It's better when it's present. And when we get to the Christmas season, I just want to look at the light of God and how maybe this week as you go out and as we kind of live our lives, as we kind of traverse this Christmas season, maybe as you just look at Christmas lights, uh, maybe you drive around your neighborhood and your neighborhood could be dark, but it seems like at Christmas it's all lit up with people putting lights out and it's just, it's different and it's brighter and it's better and there's just something about light. Uh, 19th century English painter, uh, for those of you who are not cultured like me, I had to look this up, don't worry. Um, Joseph William Turner, back in 1850s, was renowned for his stunning use of light in art. If you look at it long enough, like uh, the picture of the fisherman at sea, I think we have a picture of that, uh, the fisherman at sea, you just see the use of light in his oil paintings. Uh, one contemporary noted, uh, listen to what he said about Turner. There is not merely light, but light leading the viewer in the search of meaning. In his use of light, light's not the end, but rather the invitation toward hope and beauty and meaning itself. And I wonder if Jesus, the light of the world, kind of put some of that light and the creativity of that into Joseph Turner centuries later, that he would paint in a way that would capture the beauty of light and the significance of it, that it's not the end all, but it actually leads us into invitation, as this person said. See, this is what Jesus said in John chapter 8. He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We live in a culture that everyone's pursuing the right kind of life, the good life. I want to have the best life, however you want to say it. They're pursuing life. And yet so many paths and choices and decisions we make and, and angles we try to take in life and things that we seek to pursue don't actually bring us the life that we're craving and that we're seeking. And Jesus is the one who says, I am, hey, hey, I am the light of the world. Anyone who walks with me, you're going to never walk in darkness again. You may have darkened moments, but you will have the light of the world with you in every moment that you traverse. These world, uh, words are a powerful thing that Jesus declares, but actually when he says this in John chapter 8 is the miracle behind it, and maybe you didn't know. In John chapter 8, what's happening in that moment is Jesus is using way more than just a metaphor here. He's not just saying, okay, I'm, I'm the light of the world. He says that earlier uh, in uh, the, the Sermon on the Mount, and he actually says, listen, as a follower me, you're going to be the light of the world. But he circles back here in John chapter 8 because of where he is. 
And for those of you who are maybe going to Israel in a couple years in our Israel trip, uh, like you're going to get to see where he actually said this because it's significant what's happening in this moment. Jesus is speaking at the Feast of Tabernacles, a week-long Jewish festival that's centered on the celebration of the Exodus when God rescued his people from Egypt and brought them on this journey to the promised land. And the Feast of Tabernacles was celebrated every year for a week-long time, and it was a remembrance of how God led his people through the desert. Remember, he led them during the day by a, pill, uh, by a cloud that was over the people to shade them in a way, and then a, a pillar of what at night? pillar of fire, pillar of light at night as he led these people. And now it's meant to be a shorter journey, and then they disobeyed, and, and like, we've all been there. Uh, and, and it turns into this long journey. But eventually, where do they get? to the promised land where God said, I'm going to take you. He always fulfills his promises. The timing might get thrown off uh, either by our choices and our decisions or our pushback, uh, but the reality is God always fulfills his promises. And to remember this act of divine guidance for these people, these Jewish people, centuries and centuries later, as they did this festival every single year, they, they stood in the temple courts and flames were lit atop two 75-foot-tall pillars to symbolize that, that God is the light of his people leading them forward. And it's into this setting, into the middle of this festival, that everyone knows what it's about, where Jesus stands up and says, Hey, hey, I am the light of the world. You've studied light and you, you felt like God was light and presence with you, but I'm here to tell you it's actually even more personal. It's actually closer than you think. It's not a top of a pillar 75 feet in the air that just remembers what was done hundreds and hundreds of years ago. I am the light of the world. And those who follow me will not walk in darkness. You will walk in the light of life. It's this invitation Jesus gives that's far more than just a metaphor. He is the great light that leads us to God's promises, and God will always deliver on what he promises. He fulfills the promise to take us home, to have life with God, to have life at its best with him. And so during Christmas, we remember that it's Jesus, the light of the world, who was given, gifted, sent on our behalf. God stepped into the crisis of our darkness and turned the lights on. And if you've ever been in a dark room and you finally find the light and you turn the lights on, everything changes in that moment. And that's what we remember at Christmas. The scriptures continually speak about this. The Gospel of John, uh, the whole first chapter of the Gospel of John, is such a beautiful description uh, of Jesus. John's actually hearkening back to Genesis 1 and the creation of all things. And then he's saying, no, okay, this was what God did, but God's even more personal than that. And he, he kind of redid it in the life of Jesus, of himself when he came. This is how it starts, John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. This light shines into the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John's writing these words. When? Years and years after he watched the life of Jesus, after he watched the crucifixion of Jesus, 
And most importantly, after he witnessed the resurrection of Jesus. And years later, he's writing, saying, listen, no, you've got to understand, this Jesus, he, he, remember when God spoke and everything started? Well, he spoke again, and it's through his son. He's the light of the world. When Jesus was born, the lights came on. He goes on, verse 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. See, the rules of engagement changed at Christmas, that first Christmas. God, who was high and lifted up, became lowly and could be found lying in a manger. And the independent God became a dependent baby. The untouchable became flesh and dwelt so that we could see the way home and the way to peace with our Creator. He was sent into our darkness so that we could actually see the light of God. And not just hear about it from the past, but actually see it, sense it, walk with him now. Light burst onto the scene in Christmas. And we want to consider maybe a moment for, uh, consider the, the reality of Christmas, if you will. Anyone uh, have a nativity scene at your home that you've, you've kind of set up? Or you, maybe you have a, a card that has a picture of a nativity scene. And, and even in our, our Western way of looking at it, uh, we clean it up pretty well. In fact, there's one over here you can look at after service. But like, it, it's this little manger scene with like fresh hay. We don't know if it was fresh hay. Like, the reality is, in a Palestinian kind of realm, and it was probably actually a carved-out rock, maybe not a wooden trough even. Uh, it was a watering place for animals that had to be cleaned out, and that's where the Messiah was laid on that first night. It was in a cave, more than likely, a livestock kind of cave. It's the snapshot of history that is so different than maybe what we understand. See, into a dark, chaotic, war-torn, impoverished, and politically tense, complex time of history, the light of the world came. The world at the time was in turmoil and chaos, wars and rumors of wars, and a pregnant, unmarried teenager and her fiancé had their world up, just turned upside down with this pregnancy and then had to move back to a hometown for a census that was commanded when they really didn't have the money or the resources, and she was pregnant. And Mary, very pregnant, required to travel. She was unwed, pregnant teenager, no health care, no medical system, and there's no room at the inn, and she has to give birth in like a livestock cave. And shepherds, the lowest of the, of the community setting around are her first visitors. It's not a midwife. It's not a nurse. It's an interesting story that sometimes we try to clean up. The creator and the savior of the world, the light of the world, entered the darkness of our world. It was 2,000 years ago in a season of history with racial tensions, where racial tensions divided people and refugees were stacked up at the borders. There were terrorists who waged war on unsuspecting people. There were the haves and the have-nots. There were people who abused power, and there was political corruption. People were searching to find significance, and they hungered for the things that they only found in, in seen in darkness, and they could not find what they were looking for. 2,000 years later, the more things seem to change, the more things seem to stay the same. So Christmas might be an old story, 
But the light of the world is needed just as much today in your world and just as much in my world. It's still the same. The tensions are real. The heartache is there. And we need the presence of the light of the world to show the way forward. That's what the prophet Isaiah testifies in Isaiah 9, verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Walking in the, the morning, there's nothing like just seeing the sunrise getting ready to come up over the horizon. It just changes the whole texture of the scenery around you. Christmas is the story of the light of the world coming into the darkness of the world in which we know and that we have to tread. And this is shepherds at night who are surrounded by just a, 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 the volume of a dark sky around them. And all of a sudden, it's lit up by thousands of angels who burst forth to proclaim the birth of the light of the world, of Jesus coming. Over and over in the scriptures, there's this motif between darkness and light. And it's God bursting onto the scene, into people's dreams, into the quiet, into the stillness, into the sometimes even scary places. Light and hope coming to be with us in the dark places. In those stories, some of our darkest corners of our story, the light of God can even find us there. And for some of you, you have sensed that, and maybe you've even sensed it in a fresh way, in a recent way. God trying to burst in to your life. Back to John chapter 1, verse 9 through 13. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, his own creation, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who do receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gives the right to become a child of God. Children born not of natural descent or human decision or a husband's will, but reborn of God. God turning the lights on in the life of an individual who says, I need the light of the world. I'm tired of trying to live it on my own. I'm tired of trying to find my way around. I need the light of the world to come here. See, Christmas is the coming of the great light of God into our dark world, friend, into your world. It is only in the great light that we can find peace that does not maybe eradicate the chaos of this world, but is always fully present with us in it. And he walks with us through it. Jesus, the light of the world, faced the resistance of the darkness. We see this in his life. It wasn't all uh, cookies and cocoa for Jesus. You do remember that, right? There was a lot of resistance to him. He was tempted in every way, just as you are, just as I am, yet he did not sin. He died a horrible death, and his light appeared to be snuffed out forever. But on the third day, God defeated darkness. By the resurrection, the lights came on forever. Permanent LED, never fading, always on, always with. So it's Jesus who steps into a moment. Hey, 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 I'm the light of the world. Those who walk with me, you're not going to walk in darkness. You're going to walk in the light of life. The question is, do you want to walk with him? Or do you want to keep walking solo? It's, fine. it's your choice. It's your call. 
See, the Apostle Paul, or Apostle John, in this context of John chapter 1, contextualizes the account of the words and deeds of his good friend Jesus. John wants to tell us that the very word of God, the light of God, he is God. He is light and life himself. The light shines in the darkness, verse 5 says, and the darkness has not overcome it. Uh, an earlier translation says it like this, um, that the light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. And the reality is it's actually both. Because the Greek word there, uh, I'll let you try to pronounce that, the Greek word there is saying, listen, it is kind of this both and. It's, it's hard to understand, and yet it is this idea that it can never be overcome. See, John had seen the light of the world with his own eyes. He had gone fishing with him. He had eaten with him. He had prayed with him. He watched him endure the most horrific death possible. And then he watched him come back to life. So John knows there is no darkness in the universe that can permanently grasp or defeat this light of the world. The darkness cannot overcome it. He's seen it. And he's standing there to show us. John also knows that in our human mind, left to our own devices, we cannot begin to even fully grasp the, the full context of Christmas and the astonishing fact of the incarnation that he's trying to unpack in chapter 1. The darkness cannot fully understand it. And so we're left in this tension of trying to fully understand it and trying to understand that it will never be overcome. That's the beauty of the light of Christmas. That's the beauty of the light of the world in Jesus. Eugene Peterson takes this John chapter 1 passage, and I love how he puts tangibleness to it in verse 14. He says, the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. The light of Christmas, the light of the world moved into your neighborhood, moved into our neighborhood, moved into the darkness and flipped the lights on. And say, anyone who wants to walk in light, in life, you come follow me. You'll never walk in darkness again. This mighty God came in a staggering, vulnerable form of a human baby. The Prince of Peace allowed himself to be birthed into a world of sin and chaos. God was made huggable, kissable, and killable. And yet he got back up when the darkness tried to snuff out his light. Because the light will not be overcome. Only the light of the world can give us power to begin to understand all of what is offered in the birth of Jesus at Christmas. Uh, the Apostle Peter, years later, uh, someone shared this earlier, calling all the followers of Jesus to remember. Here's a simple phrase, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. To those followers of Jesus, he says, but you are a chosen people. You're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into what? His wonderful light. The light of Christmas, this light of the world that we celebrate, that we honor, that we want to know more and more, we want to follow after. This is a life-changing kind of light. This is a transformational kind of light. This light will never be overcome. This light is the hope of the world. And so the thought tonight is real simple. Are you walking with that light? 
Are you stumbling around in the darkness, stumbling around in your own way? Are you maybe driving without the headlights on? What would it look like for you to begin to to lean into the light of the world who says, listen, if you follow me, you're not going to walk in darkness. Doesn't mean you're not going to have trouble. Doesn't mean you're not going to have heartache. Just means you're not going to be alone in that. And that that darkness, that, that dark moment is not going to be a defining moment for you. That he will help you overcome. Why? Because his light is never overcome. It's never snuffed out. It's never done. That's what we see in the life of Jesus. That began at Christmas as a gift. The light of the world came. Uh, the light grew up and taught and was crucified, but resurrected. And the light lives on. And the light proclaims into your life and into my life. And Jesus is the one who said, not only am I the light of the world, you are going to be the light of the world. That this light actually wants to use you and me as active agents for his good in the world around us. And that we get to bring some of his light into our conversations, into the conversations with neighbors and to coworkers and to friends and to, to classmates. That, that we get to bring a light into a dark world and, and into a people that maybe are surrounded by darkness in their world and they're trying to figure things out. We get to actually step forward and bring a little bit of Jesus' light with us. It was Jesus who stood up and said, hey, hey, I'm the light of the world. Those who walk with me are never going to walk in darkness. You'll walk in the light of life. And you'll get to be some of the light of the world, actively sent out. So friend, the invitation is to lean into the light of God. And maybe for some of you, that is simply saying, God, maybe I've been walking my own path for a while. And I just want to, I want to try to turn toward the light of God. And I don't even know what all that means yet. But I just want to begin to aim my life in his direction. Maybe that's you. And maybe for those of us who have been followers of Jesus for a while, maybe it's easy to forget because of the darkness of the world around us. And, and I know it could go really, and some people are more pessimistic in nature, some people are more positive in nature, but I know in the darkness of the world around us, sometimes it can feel overwhelming, the darkness around us. But friends, I, I'm just here to tell you, we follow the light of the world. Not just the light of your world, but the light of the world. You don't have to be afraid of nothing. You ride with the light of the world. And, and so into any darkness around you, you get to bring that light and that hope and that life with you. And so what would it look like for you to say, Jesus, would you help me to understand that a little bit more and that I would bring your presence with me wherever I go? For some of you who maybe struggle with um, whether that's addiction or there's something that's kind of holding you back and there's a darkness that kind of pulls at you, Friend, there's enough light for you that that doesn't have to define you. That doesn't have to hold you back anymore. And so uh, here's the invitation tonight. Is I just want to create a space as the worship team comes. Uh, we're ending a little bit early for cookies and cocoa. We're going to celebrate in song here in a moment. But I just want to create space for you, maybe 30 seconds, to have a prayer time with God. And just to, to simply say, God, if you're the light of the world, like you say you are, Jesus, 
For some of you, it's just, would you help me to see your light a little bit more? Would you help me to walk in that light for myself a little bit more? Uh, maybe for others of you, it's, God, you're the light of the world, and I know the darkness around me, that's what captures my attention so much. But I actually want to begin to push back against the darkness and to bring your light with me wherever I go. And so maybe it's just praying, God, would you show me what that could look like on a Monday and on a Tuesday and on a Wednesday to actually be people of light into a world of darkness. And so, Father, as we just set aside 30 seconds here, pausing, whether we're at home watching or we're here in the room, Holy Spirit, would you minister to our hearts? Would you show us? Would you pray with us, for us? Jesus, you're the one who said you are the light of the world. And those who follow after you will not walk in darkness, but they will walk in the light of life. So take 30 seconds. I'll close us at that time. You pray. Father, I pray that we would be a people that would not only turn toward your light, we would see it in all of its glowing brilliance, brighter and brighter, that we would be a people that would carry your light into the darkness around us to begin to push back against that, to let you have leverage and sway into family, into friends, to coworkers, to situations. God, this Christmas, as we see lights around us, would you remind us that you are the light of the world, that your light is inextinguishable. It will not be overcome. It's forever and ever and ever. Would you help us as a church to shine your light in a way that people could not help but see you, be found by you, be captured in your beauty and your embrace. Father, as we sing, would you inhabit the praises of your people? Would you bless our conversations after? Thank you for being the light of the world. Thank you for being the light of my world.
Amen. Well, thanks for joining us tonight for worship. Uh, we hope tonight was a blessing. Was that good tonight from Jack or what? It's great. And I think the challenge is we hear what he said is this idea of Jesus being the light of the world. How do we carry that light ourselves into a culture that so desperately needs it? Um, I just saw a statistic recently that fits in nicely. Um, we've got our giving boxes in the back. Uh, so if you're looking to give your tithes and offerings, most people do that online uh, through the church app. But 70% uh, of all humanitarian like donations this year were given by Christians. Did you know that? 70%. And yet, why is it that the church just has this kind of stigma against it that, that we aren't loving, that we aren't carrying this light? And that's the challenge that we have to overcome. And so we need Jesus, don't we? We just need uh, more of him to flow through us so that a world that needs to see that can see it. So that's the hope. Anyway, so there you go. Giving announcement, there's that. Uh, for those of you who do give regularly, gosh, you bless us so much to enable us to do what we do on a daily basis. Um, so thank you for partnering uh, with us for that. Uh, FPU, if you're looking to kind of get some finances in order, we've got a small group that's going to be starting up in January. So you can sign up in the church app. Uh, there's a place to sign up there. Or if you go see Amy at the Next Steps table, you can get more information about that. So if you're just looking to get handled on your budget and learn how to do all that stuff, there's some really great principles from this course. I highly recommend it. It's going to be great. Um, we're doing tonight the after party, of course, here. Uh, so everyone, just as you're getting ready to do that, if you want to come through these uh, doors here through the hallways, feel free to do that. If you want to go around the long way, you're a sucker. Don't do that. There's no reason to, unless you're going home and you want to go to the parking lot that way and you don't want to fight through the crowd. I understand. I get it. It's all fine. So Christmas Eve services are coming up. We're doing them on 4 and 6 o'clock. What day? Christmas Eve. See how that works? Man, you guys are paying attention. Thanks for listening to me. I feel so validated. That's wonderful. We're going to be joining with Emmanuel to do that. I think this is our fifth year in a row getting to work with them for that. So that's awesome. So um, again, if you're new, 10-minute party is going to be going on in the back. Um, Jack's going to be back there. We have a special gift for you. So don't feel bad if you're missing out on the cookies and cocoa because you'll still have time to get out there and get more. And you'll have a free gift. So a little sweet treat that you can munch on. So dinner tonight is going to be at Barrow's. For those of you who are wondering, yes, there will be pizzas already purchased hanging out, ready for us to have pizza at bars. So I don't know exactly when we're gonna do that because we've got the cookies and cocoa thing for roughly half an hour, uh, and then we'll probably head over there, so maybe in like an hour. So if you're at home and you're like, oh man, I'm missing out on cookies and cocoa, but I want free pizza, Barrow's pizza, like an hour, you can do that. And for the rest of us here, you can just point and see people leaving, that'll be great. So, anything else? I think that's it. Man, you guys are a good looking group. Did you know that? Yeah, you did. You did know that. That's great. So go with the confidence that you're a good-looking group. Really, let's carry the light of Jesus with us as we go out and live uh, through this week. So let me pray for you real quick. God, just thanks for tonight. Thanks for this uh, church. Thanks for a chance to gather together, to lift up your name, and to worship you. And so uh, we just pray that you would enable us to be the church, not just tonight, but as we go through the rest of this week, to, to bring the hope and the light of Jesus into every interaction that we have with people. So we love you, Lord. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Everyone said. Amen.